7: You're listening
4: to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Hello, everybody.
8: Good morning. Bright, sunny, beautiful sunrise out here in Los Angeles here on a late July Saturday morning. Ladies and gentlemen, I am your host, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. We are almost exactly one month away from the college football season opener, Miami, Florida, August 24th. We're getting close, folks. You know, late July can be tough on TV and radio. We are a little over six weeks away from the start of the NFL season So we got some time to kill here. And uh, I have a busy weekend ahead. This show is going to be packed. We have some tremendous guests. We're going to do a lot of NFL. I'm going to give you... Oh, you got to stick around for this. 40 minutes from now, a Heisman sleeper. Okay? There is value, um, not necessarily in Vegas. There's a book offshore. I can't give it to you specifically where there is huge value. They have just misjudged this gentleman. Heisman sleeper in 40 minutes. Um... I have a busy morning after I crush this show and give you guys some serious knowledge. I'm playing in a tennis tournament. Yes, I got out of the first round yesterday. All the highlights are on Instagram because I uh, demanded that my wife take some video footage and take some photos (laughs) and had my kids come out and watch me. That was fun. Uh, And then I got to coach my kids' basketball team. Very fun. Uh, You know, I'm not sure if I'll have time for Bed Bath & Beyond later today. I I just don't know if we're going to be able to squeeze it in. Uh, But I want to start the show here. One word, folks, just one word, that's conflict. You guys know conflict, arguments, clashing, happens all the time, okay? I'm not talking about one of those online dust-ups that you get into, you know, a little arguing with guys that do not have a picture profile, right? Yeah, I'm not talking about one of those. I'm talking about genuine conflict, okay? Because we're seeing it bubble up here. About six weeks before the NFL season, that's not really good. As they say in the streets, no bueno. I mean, where do you want to start? You had the Baker Mayfield, Duke Johnson, little conflict. Duke Johnson wants to hold out. Baker Mayfield eh, fired a little barb at him in the media. Didn't go over well with the team, according to NFL Network. That's conflict. You don't want that in Cleveland, not when this could be a dream year for them. You know, there's conflict between Melvin Gordon and the Chargers. We've talked about this, folks for a little over a week now, and it's um, it's not good. You know, he's their best running back, without question. He's holding out. There is conflict between Melvin Gordon and the Chargers. And, you know, out here, Chargers, you know, obviously play their home games here in L.A. now that they've moved up from San Diego. And it sounds like, and I don't want anybody to get too desperate, uh, but there's more than a 50% chance he does not play a game for the Chargers this year. This, similarly to Le'Veon Bell with Pittsburgh last year. The Melvin Gordon situation, that conflict, and it does have gambling and fantasy implications, obviously. That's very real. The biggest conflict, of course, you know, it's almost like it's served up on a silver platter for TV, radio, internet folks. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott and the Cowboys. He famously is going to miss out on camp because he doesn't have a new deal. And if you thought gambling and fantasy was big for Melvin Gordon, uh, multiplied by four or five for Ezekiel Elliott, you know. I mean, the Cowboys legitimately have Super Bowl potential, right? They won a round in the playoffs last year. The talent is there. I'm not saying they're a favorite or they're going to win it. But I'll tell you this. If Zeke holds out and doesn't play, they are not sniffing the Super Bowl. He is instrumental to them. And I want to tell you a story about conflict and conflict resolution. I'm going to try to help these NFL teams right out of the gate here. Um, It's really... Less about the resolution and more about simply avoiding conflict, okay? As the story goes, this group of friends is heading to karate class, right? And they're walking down the street to the karate dojo, right? Karate class, they have their best guy, of course, the best karate expert in the group, leads the way. As this group of karate members comes up to the street corner to cross the street, there's a horse at the corner. A guy's walking a horse in the street. You're going to love this story, Gavin. As the karate group comes up to the horse, the horse is kind of startled and kicks his leg back. Whoa! The karate group, of course, led by their great star, karate member, at the front, dodges the horse kick. It's one of those, whoa, like straight out of Daniel LaRusso karate kid. Dodges it. And the entire karate team is like, oh my gosh, wait till we tell the sensei about this. Wait till we get to the dojo and tell him about how amazing little Sammy was, our awesome karate star. So they get to the dojo and they tell him, oh, sensei, this horse was at the corner and kicked backwards. And little Sammy didn't even know the kick was coming and dodged it. It was amazing. Sensei, you would have, if you had only seen it. And the sensei gets upset and he crosses his arms and he looks at his karate class and says, if he was my star student, he would have been on the other side of the street, avoiding conflict. You've got to stay away from conflict. And folks, I'm looking at these NFL teams. And Baker Mayfield could not have handled Duke Johnson any worse than he did. I mean, heck, look at Phillip Rivers yesterday. NFL veteran quarterback, Phillip Rivers headed to the Hall of Fame. He got asked about Melvin Gordon. We love Melvin. We love him, but we're going to go with what we got. And it's a deep position for us. Nobody in that locker room is getting on Phillip Rivers' case for his comments about Melvin Gordon. Now, Baker Mayfield, he did not handle... The Duke-Johnson conflict. Again, as, as I just told you, the karate class crossing the street. The sensei was upset because the star student should have led them to the other side of the street to avoid conflict. I'm not questioning Baker Mayfield's leadership, but I do wonder, this is his first foray into, he's the guy in the NFL on a team with some potential. They got Odell Beckham now. Who's the leader in that locker room? I asked you guys this back in February when the Brown Super Bowl odds were cratering. They were 40 to one. Comes down to 14 to one. And I'm saying, well, wait a sec. Wait, what guy's over 30 in that locker room when things go awry? Because that's what happens in football. When things go awry, who's going to be the leader? Who's going to settle the conflict? Who's going to avoid the conflict? And, you know, I got to say, you go to the Dallas Cowboys. I don't know if they have that leader right now who's going to chime in on Zeke if I'm on that Dallas Cowboys team. And the media comes up, hey, what do you think Zeke is holding out? I'm not saying, hey, you got to talk to Zeke about that. Because this is a tough one. Zeke, I don't think people totally understand how important he is to that offense. I went on Colin Cowherd's show yesterday. And he is a... Pay Dak, trade Zeke guy. And I'm the opposite, although they're not going to trade Dak. There was a window where they could have, but I don't think they're going to. They're probably going to end up paying him, and then it's going to hurt them in the long run, as we discussed last week. But I showed Colin, look at Dak's numbers in the eight games without Ezekiel Elliott. Completion percentage, down. TD to interception ratio, down. Quarterback rating, down. Win percentage, down. I'm not saying Ezekiel Elliott has made Dak Prescott. That's not fair. Um, but I'm telling you this Dak's success without Ezekiel Elliott will be, Im- I mean, it's so much more difficult to happen. And I know he has Amari Cooper now. And I know Jason Witten's back in that locker room, veteran tight end, went to the TV booth for a year. He's back. It was almost like he went to a graduate school course uh, or he took a senior year off to come back for graduate school. He went overseas to check out uh, what life was like over there. Oh, no, 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 no. No! I want to play football. And now Jason Witten comes back to that locker room. I don't know what you can expect from him. Uh, I think he's 36, 37 years old. I'm not sure what he's going to give you. But I'll tell you what this... This is a fact. Ezekiel Elliott's a three-down running back. And I look around the league and there's two of those. Todd Gurley. Block, receiving rushing, Ezekiel Elliott blocking, receiving, rushing, and, of course, Le'Veon Bell with my New York Jets. That's it. Ezekiel Elliott and two other guys can play every single down because of their skill set. Melvin Gordon is not a three-down back. Gavin may challenge me on that. Yeah, he's not even challenging me. I'm getting a head nod. Gavin back from Comic-Con. We will hear details about what San Diego was popping last weekend. Um, But he's a big Chargers guy. And Gordon is not a three-down back. So when you look at the conflict resolution for the Dallas Cowboys, Jerry Jones is in a tough spot. He's got a declining quarterback asset. And people will push back and argue that Dak's not declining. Look at the advanced stats. I'm not saying look at yards. Don't look at wins. That stuff is irrelevant. Look at the stuff that matters. The football outsider stats. We're going to have the guy who runs football outsiders on later to talk about uh, Dak Prescott sliding. Last three years, he went from top five quarterback statistically, then he was about 14th, and in the DVOA stat, the most important stat when I look at for gambling, and you guys know, if you followed this show last year, I had my best gambling season ever on NFL. Dak Prescott was the 26th best quarterback in the NFL last year. Okay? So you pay paying Dak all that money, and you're not going to pay Zeke? And then Amari Cooper's over here waiting? conflict resolution. Dallas can't walk to the other side of the street and avoid it here. They've got to face it head on. And it's got to happen before the preseason because, again, Jerry Jones knows this. If things break their way, the Cowboys could end up in the Super Bowl. But there is zero chance they're going there without Ezekiel Elliott. So we have a big, big show today. Not a lot happening in the NBA. Um... I got to be honest. Uh, this week, I've been doing a lot of, lot uh, of, actually, tennis playing, uh, some reading. I haven't seen one baseball game. I couldn't. Now Isaac's not in today, doing the updates, so I, I have no idea what's going on in Major League Baseball. Maybe we'll have uh, Ralph Irvin uh, at the bottom of the hour give us some kind of elevator pitch on what just happened in baseball this week because I, I, I didn't see one game. Haven't seen one highlight. When I go on these little. Stay away from social media. Stay away from sports. Like, it's to totally refresh and clear my brain, and I just totally tune out. Now, you can't do this during football season, so you do it during the summer. So I'm out on baseball. We're going to have to get an update on that. But coming up next, Magic Johnson taking a lot of heat this week. Lakers fans, they have Magic in the crosshairs. Did he do more harm than good when trying to land Kawhi Leonard? I'll give you the answer next here on Fox Sports Radio.
2: Do you love Selena?
3: Like, really love?
2: Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano.
3: And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon.
2: We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon.
5: At Farmers Insurance, we have concrete evidence that parking under an industrial cement mixer... That's just asking for trouble. Seen it, covered it. Talk to Farmers.
9: We are Farmers. Bum, 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 Underwritten
10: by Farmers, truck fire insurance, exchanges and affiliates. Products not available in every state. Back
5: here on Fox Sports
10: Radio.
8: I can't believe Steve Kerr said something this week. Very disappointing. I like Steve Kerr a lot. Big fan of his work. We're going to get to that in hour number two. Remember, Heisman Sleeper coming up. You will not want to miss that a lot of NFL but we're again we're just 1 month away from college football or as some people will joke uh we are 5 months away from Alabama Clemson for the national title I mean it's that much of a formality folks <laughs> it's it just feels like there's no other way we're getting around that um college football's fun NFL a little more fun NBA which is where we're going now had a fun fun off season I do wonder about the NBA next season, though. I know everybody's saying, oh, it's going to be awesome. Gavin, I mean, there's, there's parody. I'm going I'm to be watching all these games. All these teams can win the title. Gavin, how many people are watching the NBA in November?
7: Okay, not normally. But this year, I feel like the NBA doesn't start on Christmas. Usually it does. But this upcoming season... I think there's going to be some games in October and in
8: November. Yeah, of course, I mean sure, there's going to be a couple that you're like I'm going to check it out more than 5 minutes. Um but not if it's on a Saturday. Right? College football rules Saturday in the fall. Uh there's great games every night. Fox has incredible games during the day. Um on Thursday night, Thursday night football is I mean for gambling, fantasy I, you're not going to want to miss the Thursday night games.
7: Okay, if there's a Thursday night Lakers Clippers game, and then there's Jaguars Titans on the other channel, which one are you watching?
8: Mm. It, it, I mean, it depends on the gambling fantasy for me. But <laughs> I, I, yeah, I would probably have Thursday night football on my primary TV and the secondary Lakers Clippers. Like I'll have two. I have two TVs going in the fa- in my little war chest area but uh, also called the family room. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's like, I, I don't. I just, there's really, there's no urgency to an October NBA game. Now I will confess when Lonzo broke into the league last year with LeBron, I watched almost every Laker game, at least a little bit of it. Not every game. And listen, I, I, I there's nothing going on on Tuesday night. Of course I'm watching a Laker game. Clippers, we'll see. But the, the, the idea of a Clippers Lakers game, got a little more intriguing, I think, Gavin. Not just because Paul George uh, teamed up with Kawhi Leonard with the Clippers, but because of this Magic Johnson situation. And and so everybody's kind of beating up on Magic Johnson, saying it hurt the Lakers that as soon as he had the meeting, boom, the details of the meeting come out. And, like, Kawhi's not going to go there. And, oh, yeah, uh, Magic Johnson ruined it for the Lakers. And, and I just think that's total garbage. I'm sorry. I refuse to believe that Kawhi Leonard, who wanted to meet with Magic Johnson before anyone on the Lakers, not Rob Palenka, not Jeannie Bus, I want to meet with Magic Johnson. The guy's a legend. You guys understand top 10 player NBA history. People, anybody watching basketball in the 80s, before Michael Jordan popped, Magic was the guy. There was a time, Gavin, I don't know if you remember with this, Magic Johnson was the best player in the NBA for maybe five years. I don't know. Magic and Larry were like alternating. This idea that Magic hurt the Lakers is pathetic. And I was looking up, I have all these old notes that I say from like movies and articles I've read and uh, some deep thinking books I'm getting into. And there's this analogy about leaks and journalism. And, you know, as it goes, disclosures, like, you know, revelations are plants, okay? Like a plant that you have to water. And plants need water from leaks, people who leak information. The journalists. what are they? Well, they're the Stooges. Uh, and as a, someone who grew up as a journalist and wanted to be a journalist, um, I quickly bailed on journalism a few years out of college for a variety of reasons. I'm not going to lie to you. Okay? One of them was pay. Like, I, I mean, I they, it didn't pay anything. I, I met this great girl who would end up being my wife, and I'm like, geez, I can't continue on this salary with this girl. There's no way. Yes, I hear you. Uh, Jason, if she likes you for the money, she doesn't like you. No, 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 no. This is like... I couldn't live in New York City on this pathetic journalism salary. I needed to actually live. So I moved out, did magazines, um, started the website, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, journalists in this leak analogy, they're just the stooges. And the reality is leaks are done with a purpose. In the short term, they may embarrass And they may hamper you. But in the long run, leaks help you maintain power. Now think about that for a second. Think about that. Magic, why would he leak the meeting? Well, does he maybe want to remind people who the kingmaker is of the L.A. Lakers? It ain't Kobe Bryant, and I know Kobe's beloved out here. It certainly isn't Rob Palenka. Genie bus born on third base, that's not the kingmaker in L.A. Magic is the kingmaker. And remember, he left kind of unceremoniously. Okay? Magic, see ya. I'm out. I'm not getting my way. I'm going to be a little childish and petulant, and I'm going to bounce. But I'm going to leak something that may embarrass and hamper in the short term. Probably did. Probably embarrassed Kawhi's people. uh, May have hampered the Lakers' efforts. May have. But in the long run, who did the number one free agent? And I'm going to put him number one above Kevin Durant simply because Kevin Durant was hurt. Okay? Why would the number one free agent want to meet specifically with Magic Johnson? Because he's a kingmaker. Magic wanted to remind people, that's who I am. Did... Kawhi, want to meet with anybody on the Raptors specifically? Not to my knowledge. Was there anybody on the Clippers, anybody in the vast history of Clipper stardom that Magic had to, uh, sorry, that Kawhi Leonard had to meet with? No. Magic Johnson wanted to remind people hey, I'm Magic. Don't forget about me. Kawhi ain't coming here to meet with Rob Palink and Jeannie Bus. Yeah, he ended up meeting with them, but Magic got the first meeting. Why? Because he's a star. Now, I I just I cannot blame Magic for those leaks and saying that's why Kawhi left. I think that's a stretch. That's a bridge I'm not willing to cross. Uh, before we go to break here, I I cannot believe this week how much of a free pass. Paul George getting from the media. I mean, listen, guys. I've been a long-time Paul George fan. I've stumped for Paul George on this show. Um, I have defended him as a, as an elite player in the league. And I'm just telling you this. Uh, I, he is looking like more and more of a fraud every day. Gavin, I don't know if you picked this up. I mean, I like Paul George a lot. He has now demanded a trade twice in three years. And then he comes out at the Clippers press conference and says, "Uh." Yeah, I've always been a Clippers fan. I was a Clippers fan growing up. Just stop with the lies, Paul George. <laughs> you don't have to. It's not worth it. Don't lie to us. We're not stupid. Nobody is a Clippers fan Not exactly. Up. <laughs> Nobody grows up a Clippers fan. And Paul George is out here. Oh, I love Kobe. He was my favorite player. Have we forgotten when Paul George demanded that the Pacers trade him, where did he say he wanted to go? L.A. Preferable destination. Lakers! This idea, Paul George, that you're just going to shovel up us, shovel us this manure that you were always a Clippers fan. Stop it. Just stop. Nobody's buying that garbage. You look like a fraud. You look like a phony. And I like Paul George. He's going to succeed. The Clippers are going to be great. They're going to win a lot of games. Maybe they win a title. Paul George, he'll probably be all NBA again. We're going to talk about them a lot. But Paul George missed me with this. I was always a Clippers fan nonsense. Nobody, nobody is buying it. Coming up next here on Fox Sports Radio. Back to the NFL. We do this every year. It's one of my most fun, fun predictions. Worst to first in the NFL. Every single season, somebody goes from the basement to the penthouse. Who is it going to be this year? Get out your pen, get out your paper, and take some notes. Worst to first is coming up next. But first, let's go to Ralph Irvin with the latest in sports.
11: Well, thank you very much, Jason. We start actually in the NFL where the Detroit Lions have made a move in releasing running back Theo Riddick, a third string back, but... Good third down back. Somebody can pick him up. Meanwhile, a busy Friday night across Major League Baseball. Jose Ramirez, a three-run homer for Cleveland. They crown the Royals 8-3. The Tribes have won five of six games. Mookie Betts with three home runs. The Red Sox doubled up the Yankees 10-5. Malik Smith, an RBI single in the bottom of the ninth, lifted Seattle to a 3-2 win over Detroit. And how about the Giants? They get an 11th inning home run from Pablo Sandoval in a 2-1 win over the Padres. San Francisco has won 11 of their last 13 games. They are now just two and a half games out of the National League wildcard spot. Online car shopping can be confusing, not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car, so visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Paul Goldschmidt has hit a home run in five straight games. St. Louis has won six straight. They grounded Houston 5-3, and the Cardinals now sit atop the National League Central. Minnesota with home runs from Nelson Cruz and Max Kepler. They beat the White Sox 6-2, the Twins. They are now the fastest team to ever reach 200 home runs in a season. They did it in 103 games. The previous record was 122. Now we'll be back to Jason in 10 seconds, but first,
5: a word from Farmers. At Farmers Insurance, we know every windshield collision has a unique sound. Beetle. Bird poop. Drone. Seen it, covered it. Talk to Farmers. We
10: are Farmers. Bum, 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 Underwritten by Farmers, truck fire insurance, exchanges and affiliates. Products not available in every state.
11: Now let's send it back to Jason McIntyre.
8: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Jason McIntyre,
10: coming to you
8: live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 1-800-947-AUTO. The only hard part... Figuring out which way is easier, boy. Paul Goldschmidt on fire, five games in a row. What's the NFL equivalent for that, Gavin? Some quarterback doing, you know, five straight games with three TDs, four TDs. I mean, I feel like Peyton Manning that one season just absolutely dominated, and um, you know, that it's something along those lines. Pat Mahomes had fifty TDs last year. Maybe if he did three or four in a row. Uh, It would have been equivalent to Goldschmidt. But um, speaking of the NFL, so we've been doing this a lot since, I don't know, it, it goes back probably about a decade. But I just went back the last few years to give you guys a taste. Worst to first in the NFL. This is a fun, fun game to play. So 2015, if you look at the last place teams, the Cowboys were last in the NFC East. The following year, they were first. 2016. Who went from last to first? The Jaguars and the Eagles. Went from last place in 2016 to, to first in 2017. Now, of course, Jaguars just missed the Super Bowl and the Eagles won the Super Bowl. So 2017, what happened? Well, the Houston Texans, last place. Chicago Bears, last place. And what happened in 2018? Both first place. Who is going to be the team or multiple teams? Gavin, you've had a night to chew on this. I will give you the last place teams from last year. You tell me who you think. If you want to put them in order, fine. Who could go from last to first? We have my New York Jets in the AFC East. We got the Bengals, the Jags, the Raiders. And then in the NFC, Giants, Lions, Bucks, Cardinals. That's eight last place teams. I'll let you go first, Gavin. Who who would you give as a last-place-to-first-place team. The, the one that Definitely sticks out to me overall
7: yeah, is the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm. That division is always weird. There's always a team that, that wins it the previous year that is last the next year. Bruce Arians, everywhere he's gone, he's great. I love him as a coach. We'll see what he does with Jameis. If I was putting money... On one wow. team, I, I really do think the Buccaneers could take over in that. the
8: division. Yes. with MVP Matt Ryan, MVP Cam Newton, and but Super Bowl winner Drew Brees.
7: Here is the thing: Drew Brees is getting old really quick. This is fast. This is a group. Yeah, right, you know? and and nothing surprised me with the Falcons and Panthers. So, huh? You know
8: that I, you know, I hadn't. I, I had the Bucks as a fringe. I had a couple before them.
7: That might be an area to put some money on.
8: Uh, what about the Jags? They were, I mean, they were the a Nick quarter. Foles experiment. Yeah, they were a quarter away from the Super Bowl two years ago. They blew it in the fourth quarter against the Patriots in Foxborough. Um, a lot of the defense still largely intact. But yeah, you're right. The question is, is Foles plus new offensive coordinator in a, a full
7: season? A full season of Foles. Full season of Foles yeah. not, may
8: not be pretty. Um, his offensive coordinator, of course, is a guy who went to college with John D. Um I, I don't know what they're going to get out of Fournette. So I would say the Jags would be my third option. Um, I actually think the Detroit Lions would be my second. Wow. Now, I've gassed them up big time. Uh, They just cut Theo Riddick, as you guys heard. That just means uh, Kerryon Johnson is going to get more carries, more receptions. I'm telling you, people are sleeping on Kerryon Johnson. He had a really good year. This team was solid the first half of the season with him. He gets hurt. Goes down, and they fell apart. Now, um, the defense, uh, we'll see. But I do like the offense. I think Mac Patricia is a smart coach. Uh, Something tells me lions. Now, I'm not going heavy money here, Gavin. Um, Listen, we'll see what happens with Aaron Rodgers and his new coach. Bears regression, we can agree. That is 1,000% happening. And I don't know what to make of the Vikings. I like them. I like Kirk Cousins. I, I don't know. But my number one... Oh, boy. You know where I'm going. You guys know where I'm going. New York Jets. It's not a homer pick! Here's a fun, irrelevant stat, just, you know, perfect for radio. Second year as a starter, Mitch Trubisky won a division. Deshaun Watson won a division. Pat Mahomes won a division. Now, Pat Mahomes only started one game as rookie year he played behind Alex Smith then started last year and won the division Sam Darnold second year as a starter are you going to win the division I just when you look at the talent they have the Jets lineup last year versus this year on both sides of the football is so different it looks like a totally different team plus you add the new head coach bump which always is a good thing and Adam Gase. The schedule. Folks, the Jets don't leave the Eastern time zone. Go look at some of these other teams. The Browns got to go to the West Coast twice. They got to go to Denver. Oh, there's a, a Schedule is huge. And for the Jets to stay in the Eastern time zone the entire season, that second half of this, and now the Jets could be a Colts from last year where they start one and five. You guys are ripping me. The callers are coming in every weekend. Oh, Jets, Jets, Jets stink. Look at the second half. Half of the schedule. The New York Jets will be probably favored in seven of the eight final games. I'm telling you, keep an eye on them. This is not homerdom. I call it like I see it with the Jets. There's something here this year, folks. Go further than ever with the Discover It Miles card. They automatically match the miles you earn at the end of your first year. So your 35,000 miles could become 70,000. Discover It Miles. Limitations apply. Discover Match for new card members only. Learn more at discover.com slash travel. Coming up next here on Fox Sports Radio. So everybody knows the two Heisman favorites by a mile are Tua, a.k.a. Tank for Tua, the Alabama quarterback. Tua Tagovailoa, who was tremendous last year until the end of the season when he kind of got dinged up and didn't look incredible against Clemson in the national title game. And of course, Trevor Lawrence, who is going to be talked about here in college football for the next two years, assuming he stays and doesn't try one of those new football leagues. And yes, that could happen. Trevor Lawrence and Tua are supposed to battle for the Heisman. But is there a sleeper, someone who could come in, shock the world, Maybe there's an injury to one of the star quarterbacks. Maybe uh, the defense falls apart and Alabama loses three or Clemson loses three. It's unlikely. But you need to find value in gambling. You guys listen to my uh, gambling podcast, Coming Up Winners. I'm giving out right now the Heisman sleeper that you've got to go put some shekels on. That's next here on Fox Sports Radio.
5: At Farmers Insurance, we know the sound of a perfect hot air balloon landing. And a less than perfect one. Seen it, covered it. Talk to Farmers. We
10: are Farmers. Bum, 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 Underwritten by Farmers, truck fire insurance, exchanges and affiliates. Products not available in every state.
8: Back here on Fox Sports Radio, I am your host, Jason McIntyre. Very, very exciting college football season ahead. Uh, You guys know I went to Vegas earlier this month, got a couple futures. The only one that really has a chance, uh, I think Texas has an outside shot. Um, Don't know if I'm buying Jalen Hurts yet, but if Lincoln Riley can turn Jalen Hurts into a starting quarterback who can put up big passing numbers in that offense, well, Lincoln Riley should be in the NFL. Um, and then I'll tear up my Texas ticket. I'm just I'm buying what Texas is building down there. The Longhorns. Um, I, just, I I like them. I like them this year in the Big Twelve. All right. So Heisman Trophy time. Right. So, Gavin, why don't you tell the listeners uh, we, before the show we do it. We you know chop chop it up about what we're gonna do. And he comes in and Gavin, tell me tell him what you said when you came in about the the guy. Don't say his name, but just you know.
7: Uh, we're talking about about your Heisman sleeper. Yeah. Well, I do remember saying that this, <laughs> well this this school just pumps out this position. This position. Yeah. Yes.
8: Yes. Yes. Yeah. And so. uh, Gavin had like an eyebrow raise. I think he was like, "Huh." I'd not considered this guy, no. but I have looked at the numbers. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Last nine years. The Heisman Trophy winner, eight of them have been quarterbacks. Cam Newton, RG3, Johnny Football, Jameis, Mariota, Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray. One running back in there, Derrick Henry, who put up monster numbers at Alabama. I think he had 2,200 yards rushing. I do believe. Obviously, Tua and Trevor Lawrence are the heavy, heavy favorites. There's no doubt about that. Um, It'll be an upset if one of those two doesn't win. By the way, if you are betting... In college football right now, you can bet, are Alabama and Clemson going to play in the national title game? Only plus 250, Gavin. I mean, that just says how far and away better they are than everybody else. And someone stepping in in their place would be a major shock. Uh, There are some guys, you know, Justin Fields, a kid at Ohio State, the new quarterback there, plus 1,200. I don't think there's value there, even though Haskins threw 50 TDs last year. Fields was a top recruit. You know, he I think he went to Georgia and then left. Um, Adrian Martinez at Nebraska, I like a lot. Nebraska's gonna be very good, folks. Very good. Justin Herbert, potential number one pick, quarterback out of Oregon, eh, plus two thousand. He did not improve the way I thought he would last year. Um and then Sam Ellinger, the Texas quarterback, is plus two thousand. The guy I like. There's an offshore that had him at 45, plus 4,500 this week. His name is DeAndre Swift, the running back of Georgia. Uh, folks, first of all, this kid is a stud. He is going to be a first round pick in the draft. He is strong, fast, probably a top 10 pick. I don't know if he's quite Todd Gurley. Um, I don't know if he's Sony Michelle, but he is up there. Now, last year he split carries with Holyfield. Holyfield's in the NFL. I think Holyfield's on the Ravens. It's Swift's job right now. It's uh, he's the guy. So three other reasons, two other reasons. Swift is first of all he's the guy, not splitting carries like last year, when he averaged like six point four yards per carry. The offensive line for Georgia is massive. I think they have three or four starters back. They one of them's an All American. They are mashers. I think the average weight of the Georgia offensive line. Each each player is like three hundred and twenty eight pounds. It's an NFL caliber offensive line. They're gonna maul teams. But this is the reason that I really, really like DeAndre Swift. If you can get him at 45 to one. If not, there's you know, still 25s, 30s, 35s. The top four receivers from last year and the top receiving tight end from last year, all gone. All their good pass catchers are gone. Now, the one wide receiver that was supposed to return, kid, uh, what's his name here? Holloman. He just got kicked off the team. So Jake Fromm is throwing two totally new guys across the board. What's the move? I've got a massive offensive line. I've got an NFL running back. And I've got a bunch of new receivers i got to work in. Oh, (laughs) I think I'll ride DeAndre Swift. I'm telling you, folks, this guy is going to dominate. I think 2,000 yards definitely within reach for Swift. 20 touchdowns should not be a hurdle. It's going to be one of those situations where he's going to get fed early and often. And as long as Georgia, which has a good defense, as long as they're in the national title mix and things break their way, without question, I think DeAndre Swift is a great Heisman sleeper at plus plus you know, 4,500 or whatever you could get him at now. But I'm telling you, that number will go down as we get closer to the season. Uh, Anybody you like for the Heisman, Gavin? I mean, it's tough not to love Tua and Trevor Lawrence. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, holy cow. Jeez. I mean, his receivers are unbelievable. His running back, ATN, is back. They're going to put up video game points. Short of Trevor Lawrence getting hurt, He's going to be right there to win the, win the Heisman. I, I just, I, I don't know if there's any way around it. I actually came up, oh, geez, I feel bad teasing this already. But how good is Trevor Lawrence? Like when you, He's only 19 years old. And we're talking about this guy has two more years. And if you're an NFL team, do you start setting up the tanking midway through this season? If you're 1-7, and seven, you start trotting out the young guys. Take a whack at Tua. I mean, listen. Two years from now, two as a nice, really, really nice college football player, like you know, probably the best quarterback Nick Saban has ever had, or he's up there. Um, Trevor Lawrence looks like a NFL franchise quarterback. Who uh, you know, and you don't want to go overboard and say, "Oh, this guy could be the next Joe Montana." Whatever. Trevor Lawrence, though, looks the part. Never gets rattled. Always calm in the pocket. Big strapping dude. Remember that hit he took in the Notre Dame game? I mean, I think they played Notre Dame in the uh, in the playoff. He took a brutal hit. I was like, oh my gosh. They're going to break Trevor Lawrence. And he's just <laughs> impervious to pain. He's like four. He's got the long hair, tough, and the receivers they have this year. I mean, Clemson's going to dominate college football. And so, Jason, why are you putting money on Swift? Things happen. Uh, by the way, Clemson, I think they lost... All four starters on the defensive line. Uh, they uh, Significant losses on defense. Maybe they get shocked. Maybe Lawrence gets hurt and you want a ticket on Swift, the Georgia running back. They could, they could cash really nice for you. Coming up next year on Fox Sports Radio, we're bringing in a salary cap expert. To kind of help us sift through this Melvin Gordon mess, the Dak Prescott nonsense, can you actually get to the playoffs while paying your quarterback top
2: dollar? Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano.
3: And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon.
2: We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon.
8: Hour number two here on Fox Sports Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, I am your host, Jason McIntyre. Coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. Boy, I opened the show talking about avoiding conflict. Jeez, how about the New York Giants? This Golden Tate news. Their top three receivers. Okay, Golden Tate, Sterling Shepard, and Corey Coleman are all hurt or suspended, <laughs> and they just traded Hotel Beckham. God, as a Jets fan, I'm sorry. I Listen, I'm not laughing at your misfortune. Yes, I am. I'm, I don't mind telling you I'm laughing. Uh, poor New York Giants. What does that mean for Eli Manning, the rookie quarterback they just drafted, Daniel Jones? I'm sorry, the rookie quarterback they just drafted in Daniel Jones. Could be a uh, could be rough year in New York. I wonder if that opening week line against the Cowboys will move. Speaking of the Cowboys, I want to bring into the show to join me now former NFL agent, and a salary cap guru. You know him, Joel Corey, joining the show. Joel, good morning. How are you?
12: Oh, I'm doing great. How about yourself?
8: Uh, You know, Joel, I've been following your stuff for a while. Love it immensely. I I told our producer, Gavin, we got to have him on because this Dak Prescott, $30 million, Ezekiel Elliott, Melvin Gordon, it seems like conflict is the uh, story of the pre-preseason in the NFL. Would you agree?
12: Yeah, we have uh, players... Past couple of years, you hold out all the time. And you always see two or three. Last year, it was Khalil Mack, Aaron Donald, but this year, you seem to have a little bit more in terms of the numbers. Um, the two which are most interesting to me, well, actually, three Michael Thomas, Ezekiel Elliott, and Melvin Gordon. Um, I think Michael Thomas' this deal is gonna, it's ultimately is gonna get done. Um, they're supposedly close. It's just a question of whether he's a $20 million per year. Wide receiver, the first one, and how the guarantees are structured. Um and Gordon, I think, has the least likelihood of getting yeah. the contract he wants, and Ezekiel Elliott is probably the most interesting one of the three.
8: Huh? Why would you say he's uh, more interest? The most interesting.
12: Well, there's some dynamics going on in his which are favorable to him. I call Michael Thomas is kind of boring because I think that one's just going to get worked out. Yeah. Um, um, well, for Ezekiel Elliott, you have got. Uh, Front office, Stephen Jones, who has already said he is the straw that stirs the drink, focal point of the offense, has already said that he's budgeted a long-term deal for him, didn't get the <laughs> timing. Obviously, it's not this year. It would be done. And then, in that same conversation, reference Todd Gurley's deal as a data point. I'm like, oh, great way to negotiate and, and, and really uh, help your leverage there. Um, you've got a lame duck head coach because they won a playoff game last year. But Jason Garrett did not get a contract extension, Mm -hmm. so he could be gone at the end of the year. You have an owner who really wants to win another Super Bowl um, who is not the youngest guy in the world. They've been through this situation before a generation ago, started 0-2 with Bennett Smith, didn't want to pay him, and that prompted them to pay him. So if they don't want to have history potentially repeat itself and they remember what happened before, then maybe they'll learn from the previous situation. So I think you put those factors together. Ezekiel Elliott seems to be in a pretty good place mm-hmm. and has a decent amount of leverage if he's going to remain patient. But sometimes you don't get paid as a holdout until you're getting close to the end of the preseason because teams will try to wait you out initially. Yeah. And there sometimes isn't all that much dialogue when the holdout begins, at least contractually, in terms of the type of dialogue between the agent and the team.
8: Talking with Joel Corey, former NFL agent, salary cap expert. Uh, so, Joel, here's what to me is fascinating about the Ezekiel Elliott aspect. I, I know you referenced Emmitt Smith, which is great. How much of it do you think is all this talk that Dak's going to get $30 million and Ezekiel Elliott's like, hold up, hold up. You guys call me the focal point of the offense. I need to get mine. Do you think Zeke will get paid before Dak, and should he?
12: Well, Zeke, uh, Dak probably hasn't gotten paid because because Jerry, Jerry Jones kind of killed his leverage as well in that situation. Talking about how much we love this guy because he—I don't know why—middle last season he said that if he had the first overall pick, he wouldn't trade that. He wouldn't. He wouldn't take that and another first-round pick for Dak if he could get the first overall pick another one I'm like okay great now you're saying Dak's worth two first-round picks Todd Francis is going to remember that and use that yeah in any contract negotiation and everything publicly they say doesn't help them in terms of negotiation wise with the agent because agents remember that type of stuff yeah sometimes players do look at things to other positions or guys they don't think are as good as them on a team when they're both up for a contract at the same time. From a timing standpoint, Dak needs to go first because he's in a contract year. Mm -hmm. Ezekiel Elliott is under fifth year option next year. So the sense of urgency from when a contract expires isn't there, but sometimes players don't necessarily appreciate that. The guy out of those there's uh, there's another guy that ought to be going, Hey Dak, you need, I mean, Hey, you need to wait your turn as Amari (laughs) Cooper. He is in a contract year. It's his option year. So, Um, I know Dallas has said that there is no pecking order between the three, but to me, Dak isn't getting done because the contract demands of what the agent are asking for are the bigger impediment. Okay.
8: Now we're getting to the good stuff, Joel. So I'm, I'm on an Island here. I am arguing that, Dak Prescott is not a $30 million quarterback. You look at the guys making $30 million a year. Russell Wilson, been to two Super Bowls. Talk, I mean, he's everything to the Seahawks. Big Ben, Aaron Rodgers. These guys have won Super Bowls. Carson Wentz has not, but he's been in the MVP discussion. Remember, he was leading before the ACL injury. Uh, he suffered against the Rams. And then Matt Ryan, MVP, been to the uh, been to the Super Bowl, couldn't close it out against the Patriots. I mean, for Dak to think he could get $30 million, He's never been in an MVP discussion. They haven't sniffed a Super Bowl. And, and Joel, I don't know how much you pay attention to the football outsider stats. They have a DVOA stat for quarterbacks. Dak has gone down in every year. He was third, then he was 14th. He was 26th last year among NFL quarterbacks. He was below average. A- and they want to pay him $30 million a year?
12: Well, what's their alternative? Uh, okay. Who they have as yeah. another quarterback? Because teams don't turn
8: quarterbacks. Well, that and and that le- That's the very difficult option. Do you pay Dak thirty and then you have to sacrifice everywhere else, or do you roll the dice and say, you know what? Maybe we make a run at Andy Dalton if they don't love him in Cincinnati, or the Titans decide, you know what? Marcus Mariota keeps getting hurt. We, 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 we want to cut bait with him and then you know I, my nuclear option and, and try not to laugh a, a lot of people did I love what I saw out of Nick Mullins last year in San Francisco uh, he is very cheap he is uh, an average backup quarterback I think he could put up DAC like numbers in the Cowboys offense and then you're able to fortify the defense pay the skill position guys um, those would be my three options are they pipe dreams Joel
12: Uh, They're pipe dreams just because that's not how teams operate. Um, Look at the Chicago Bears. Uh, They had Josh McCown playing fairly well, but nonetheless still gave Jay Cutler, who had great arm talent, but intangibles were lacking and never lived up to his full potential. They paid him, which was very good quarterback money at the time, because fear of the unknown or not having an adequate replacement is what drives a lot of quarterback decisions. Um, It's not a position where you have turnover just because the guy isn't playing at the highest level. Look at what the Niners did. Jimmy Garoppolo, five good games. We still don't know how good Jimmy Garoppolo is. Or if he can stay healthy. (laughs) Right, that too, because he couldn't stay healthy in um, New England because his four-game audition was cut short while Brady was suspended. He became the highest-paid player in the league after five games. So that's just how the quarterback position works. And then if you let Dak play out his contract, and let's say he does what he did last year, they're going to put a franchise tag on him, either the exclusive or non-exclusive. The non-exclusive will be roughly $27 million. You play the two-franchise tag game, average it, you're right at 30 If you go exclusive, then you're, right now that projects about 32 So you're going to be in that $30 million per year range whether you like it or not. To me, the real question is, is Dallas going to end up paying him more than Carson Wentz or slightly less. I think the deal's coming in between, um, at least it's going to be above Matt Ryan. Whether it should be or not, I think it will be on an average standpoint. And then the question is, does he jump over Carson Wentz? In no way, shape, or form should Dak Prescott become the highest paid player in the
8: league. Joel, okay, so you laid that out and it it makes perfect sense. But if I'm the Cowboys, we've seen the last few years, it is nearly impossible to build a Super Bowl winning team around a quarterback making top dollar unless he is a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback who's putting up monster numbers. And Dallas is cool with that, right? I guess they
12: kind of have yeah, to. Yeah, they're be. comfortable with it because Jerry, have his diary in the mouth, talks about how valuable Dak is, how we're all in. So, yeah, they're going to do something on a significant level For Dak Prescott, whether anybody likes it or not, it's just a question of when the deal gets done. Mm -hmm. That's going to happen. Uh, All indications are at some point, Ezekiel Elliott gets paid, whether this year or next year. He's forcing the issue, and I don't blame any running back for trying to get paid sooner rather than later because of the shorter shelf life at the position. Mm -hmm. You aren't going to be able to get paid significant NFL money once you're in your uh, early to mid thirties is a running back. If can even last that long yeah. because the position has less longevity than anything else. So you got to try to strike while the iron is hot as a running back. I don't begrudge running backs for trying. You just have to be honest or have your agent accurately assess the leverage you have to try to force the team to pay you.
8: All right, Joel, I'll get you out of here on this. Um, I'm a, I'm a zig guy when everybody else is zagging. And I want to put you in the room with Jerry and Steven, and you guys are trying to hatch anything. Maybe another team hasn't tried this. There's got to be a nuclear option. How on earth can we get around paying Dak $30 million? And they come to you and say, Joel, do you have anything outside the box that we have not considered? Is there some way we can get out of paying Dak $30 million, still be massively competitive, and be a Super Bowl contender?
12: No, absolutely not because anytime you have a player who is coming off of a rookie contract, he's not going to cut the team any type of mm-hmm. slack or do him any favors. Tom Brady is pretty much an anomaly yes. in the NFL. Drew Brees finally on his last contract gave the Saints a slight break, but Ben Roethlisberger just signed his fourth contract and he didn't cut Pittsburgh any slack. So there you're not getting a player who, for NFL standards, hasn't made a ton of money, like Dak Prescott, a fourth round pick,
8: yeah. to do you any
12: favors. That's not happening. That would
8: never happen, yeah. And 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 there's just nothing, no other options of, hey, maybe we try to trade him. I mean, is there a young quarterback out there you'd like that you would roll the dice with? I mean, I just seem to think for some reason... Actually, I,
12: I like Jacoby Brissett, but the Colts, want, they're not trading him unless someone knocks their socks off. Mm. He's in a contract year, but you're, you'd have to give up a first round pick minimum for mm. him.
8: I, I, again, I, I don't hate Dak. It's it's just that I think with that awesome offensive line, Ezekiel Elliott, Amari Cooper, I like the young kid Gallup. I th- I just think you can put an average quarterback in there and he can do what Dak has done. But I, I think I'm in the minority here, Joel.
12: No, it's not necessarily. You may not. I'm sure there are people who, and some Dallas fans who don't think Dak Prescott is the second coming of the next great quarterback. But just the nature of the position, if you're going to have a veteran quarterback nowadays, you're going to have to pay him that type of money, and it's going to continue to go up. Because I foresee Patrick Mahomes is the first forty million dollar per year player. Forty. So, Yes, I think he's the first forty. So if you the guys you get now at thirty, aren't going to seem as outlandish as they do today because the cap will continue to go up and the salaries are going to continue to escalate. Wow!
8: All right, Joel Corey, former NFL agent, salary cap expert. You got to follow him on social media at Corey C O R R Y. Joel. Hey, great stuff, Joel. Thanks a lot. Sure. Thanks for having All right, me. have a good weekend. Wow! Pat Mahomes going to get forty million dollars. Holy Toledo! I mean, Chiefs, good luck. They better win a Super Bowl this year because you give them 40 mil. Come on. That defense already stinks coming up next year on Fox Sports Radio. So there is uh, maybe a better quarterback than Pat Mahomes. He's in college right now. He's on the come up. And I actually believe if I had one game, one game, there are five teams in the NFL I would put this college football quarterback in over the NFL starter. Yes, that's true. I'll tell you those teams next here on Fox Sports Radio.
2: Do you love Selena?
8: Like, really love?
2: Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano.
3: And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon.
2: We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an
5: Icon. At Farmers Insurance, we have concrete evidence that parking under an industrial cement mixer... That's just asking for trouble. Seen it, covered it. Talk to farmers. We
8: are
10: farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance exchanges and affiliates. Products not available in every state. This is not new, is it?
8: Jurassic Five. Jurassic
13: Five. I don't know them. Should I know them? They're around. They're big in the early two thousands.
8: Okay, Iowa
13: Sam ex- actually saw deep. them in concert in high school.
8: Wow, they they went to Iowa.
13: No, no, they're just touring through.
8: Ah, okay. I still can't get over what Joel Corey just said. Patrick Mahomes is going to be the first $40 million a year quarterback. I, I, I That's just unfathomable to me. I mean, Mahomes is really good. Really, really good. But, I mean, $40 million for a quarterback? I, I guess if he wins the Super Bowl, who cares? He got him with, close to the Super Bowl with that comeback. It couldn't pull it off. But, nevertheless... Uh, Discover. Go further than ever with the Discover It Miles card. They automatically match the miles you earn at the end of your first year. So your 35,000 miles could become 70,000. Discover It Miles. Limitations apply. Discover match for new card members only. Learn more at discover.com slash travel. You know know what I should ask, Joel? I totally forgot this. So Ryan Tannehill was thought to be a franchise quarterback, right? Um, I think he got to the playoffs once, but he was hurt put up pretty good numbers, kept getting hurt. Dolphins just dumped him. He's a backup somewhere in the league now. So like I mean it's not like Andy Dalton I I don't I don't think it's unfathomable. Oh okay, thank you. Ryan Tannehill is now with the Titans. I don't think it's unfathomable that the Bengals could move on from Andy Dalton. Now, he's got good receivers and should put up big numbers here. I mean, I I just again, these you know, unless you're really good, Really, really good. They, they, they could you move on from you. Everybody's replaceable, right? Marcus Mariota
7: too, with the Titans. They could easily move on from him. They don't love him. No, nobody does.
8: <laughs> I I like him. I, I mean, James <laughs> I Winston, like him at Oregon. What if Bruce Arians is like this Jameis Winston guy? I can't deal with him. I need a new quarterback in here. I mean, is that is that crazy? And I, then Jameis Winston hits the market. Then you get I give Jameis twenty over Dak thirty any day of the week. I can't believe you got to think about that. I, I, that's stunning to me. <laughs> All right, so a, a quarterback that you don't have to worry about paying, at least not for two years, is a kid, Trevor Lawrence, at Clemson. We touched on this in the, in the opening hour. 30 TDs, 65% completions, national title. I mean, do you know what he did against Alabama in the title game? 62% completions, 347 yards, three TDs. 184 quarterback rating, 97 QBR. I mean, he basically carved up Alabama and Notre Dame like they were one double A defenses. He has six touchdowns, no interceptions against Notre Dame and Alabama, two top 20 defenses last year, completing like 65%, 66% of his passes. He is an unbelievable talent. But how good is Trevor Lawrence? And and I know we got some college football fans in here. And I'm going to ask you, if you've got one game right now, that's it, one game. Who are you starting for the Miami Dolphins? Are you starting Ryan Fitzpatrick, (laughs) Josh Rosen, or you roll the dice with Trevor Lawrence? I, I think it's a legit question. I'm not saying Lawrence is better now. We know he will be better than those two guys. No disrespect to Rosen, who's uh, out here from the area where I live. I'm not asking who you would rather build a team around. I'm not asking uh, uh, salary is not a factor here. I'm just saying one game tomorrow. Now, now, 19 is the big hang-up. People are going to say, no way he's ready at 19. You're probably right. I looked this up. The youngest starting quarterbacks in NFL history were 21. Uh, Drew Bledsoe was 21 and now Sam Darnold this past year started a game at 21. Still processing getting up to speed. I mean, maybe Trevor Lawrence at 19 it's way too young and he'd get eaten up by the speed and all that fun stuff. But I'm going to be I'm going to be 100% honest with you Denver Broncos Gavin. Joe Flacco, we know they're not getting Drew Locke. Basically the coach came out and said Drew Locke is not an NFL quarterback right now. <laughs> I mean, it's Gavin, it's crazy smart teams will take their young quarterback and cater the offense around them. Jared Goff, oh, Sean McVay, I'm going to come in and what do you do well? Let's do that. Boom, success. Now his predecessor, Jeff Fisher, here's what I want to do. Can you do it? Jared Goff, no, I can't take snaps from under center. Failure, look like a bust. Like the the, the the smart coaches cater things to the skill set. The Broncos... Have come in, and Vic Fangio says, oh, Drew Locke's not an NFL quarterback yet. He basically said those words this week. So Joe Flacco is going to be the guy. And I know Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl, and January Joe Flacco is a thing. I mean, Gavin, he was bad last year. Joe Flacco he was, was bad. He was so bad that they refused to bench Lamar Jackson in the playoff game.
7: By the way, catering to quarterback, young quarterback, Lamar Jackson.
8: Uh, he's Ravens. on the list. He's on the list. Um, I like Lamar Jackson. I'm rooting for him. It's going to be a rude awakening for Lamar Jackson this year. Everybody knows the book on Lamar. If he can't throw, if he can't pass accurately, it's going to be a long year. Um, I'm going to look hard at Eli Manning. Was he, 37? Trevor Lawrence or Eli Manning for a game. Now, Eli did have a really good season last year. I thought he had, Eli had one of his best statistical seasons last year. Um, I'll toss this out to you. Looks like Case Keenum is going to be starting in Washington. I I, I, I don't want to crush Case <laughs> Keenum here. Uh, he had a nice run with the Vikings to an NFC title game. I would rather have a look at Trevor Lawrence. I have Nick Foles on the list. He did win a Super Bowl recently. Um, his full season body of work stuff is not very good, but Foles was great against the Bears cost me a lot of money last year in the playoffs still not happy about that Um, so the guys I would look at Miami Dolphins their guys are Trevor Lawrence, I would look hard at Trevor Lawrence, Josh Allen in Buffalo, can run, can't throw I don't know if Buffalo's receivers are that good, Trevor Lawrence Lamar Jackson, Trevor Lawrence, Nick Foles or Trevor Lawrence Joe Flacco in Denver. Now, he has some weapons. Kid Cortland Sutton is going to be a good player. I know Gavin's a fantasy guy. Um, you're going to want to look hard at Cortland Sutton this year as a receiver. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders should be back from the Achilles. Eli Manning, Case Keenum, and the one that was tough, Kyler Murray. Now, he is getting the, oh, this is what I do well Cliff Kingsbury setting him up for success by implementing the offense. So I have. I'm going to go to break here before we bring in our next guest. Great nugget, Gavin. Are you ready for this? Yes. College football coaches who go to the NFL in their first game, dating back to 2004, eleven and one against the spread in their first game. Woo hoo! Eleven and one. Teams are not ready now. I have. Uh, Detroit Lions as a team I like they open against Arizona now Arizona's Patrick Peterson suspended I think 4 or 6 games so he won't play keep an eye on Arizona in week 1 All right, coming up next year, my guy Evan Silva, you know him fantasy superstar, he's now got a new website really like it, establishtherun.com
11: we'll talk to him about the NFL but first, let's go to Ralph Irvin for the
8: latest in sports
11: Well, thank you very much, and yeah, lots of interesting stuff going on in the NFL as Golden Tate is appealing a four-game suspension he's received from the NFL for violating the league's performance-enhancing substance policy. This has not been a good camp so far for New York Giants wide receivers. The Detroit Lions have released running back Theo Riddick, and in doing so, they signed defensive tackle Mike Daniels to a one-year deal. Online car shopping can be confusing. Not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car, so visit TrueCar to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Friday night on the Major League Baseball, Diamonds saw Minnesota break a Major League Baseball record, becoming the fastest team to ever reach 200 home runs in a season. They did it in 103 games as Nelson Cruz and Max Kepler each went deep in a 6-2 win in Chicago over the White Sox. The previous record? There's 122. It's 19 games faster. Pablo Sandoval, a home run in the top of the 11th, lifted San Francisco to a 2-1 win over the Padres. The Giants have won 11 in their last 13 games, and they're now just two and a half games out of the National League wildcard spot. Malik Smith, an RBI single in the bottom of the ninth, gave Seattle a 3-2 win over Detroit, while Mookie Betts belted three home runs. The Red Sox doubled up the Yankees. 10-5. We'll be back to Jason in 10 seconds, but first, a word from Farmers. At
5: Farmers Insurance, we know a roof can withstand a lot. One exception being an airborne car. Seen it? Covered it. Talk to farmers. We are farmers.
10: Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state.
11: With NFL training camps open, it's time to dream, so let's talk fantasy with Jason McIntyre and Evan Silva.
8: Thank you, Ralph. Back here on Fox Sports Radio, ladies and gentlemen, I am your host, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 1-800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Uh, I've known my next guest for many years. I don't know if we've actually met. We might have met at a Super Bowl once. Uh, but, I am I, I mean, I've been following him for a long time. He knows fantasy, knows football as well as anybody. Um, and, and I'm proud of him because he just started a new business, a, a website called establishtherun.com. I can't tell if he's making fun of the sheep who think the run is more important than the pass and the pass-heavy NFL. Yeah, we'll NFL. ask him right now. Uh, Evan Silva joining the show. El- Evan, good morning. How are you?
14: Yeah, um, thanks for the introduction, Jason. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it's the name of the – website is definitely like a little bit tongue-in-cheek but it's also like applicable to fantasy sports and you know sports betting you want to get on a run and you want Mm. to kind of establish it and then ride the run you know so it's it kind of appeals uh, to to multiple aspects of uh, the coverage that we're kind of going to be doing.
8: Yeah, and, and I got to ask. Uh, it's a, you uh you have a you have a little kid. I don't know if it's one or two kids now, but and, and you got that tough situation where you you would been employed for a while and you decided to start a business. That's a big leap of faith, right?
14: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, you know. Um uh yeah, I mean I I feel like you were an entrepreneur, you know, uh, in, in the beginning and I would, never was. You know, I I worked for a corporation. Roto World was owned by it is owned by NBC and I just kind of you know did that for like 10 or 12 years and I want to take a chance on myself and be an entrepreneur like you my my, my
8: friend (laughs) well now now we're flipped because I'm working for the man and you're you're starting your own show that's right right. let's let's dive right in I want to kind of start with fantasy football I'm a big fantasy player I just got invited to a draft in Vegas that I don't know if I'm going to be able to make or not but how about this I'm going to toss out guys and you give me your thoughts um I've been gassing up the Detroit Lions. I like what Matt Patricia's doing. And, and the numbers I saw with Carryon Johnson early in the year before they kept trying to shove LeGarrette Blunt down our throats, I love what I saw from right. on Johnson. I personally think he's going to be a top-ten running back this year in the NFL. Am I going overboard on my on Johnson love?
14: Not necessarily. Um, and the release today of Theo Riddick really helps him from a passing game standpoint. Um, In our projections, we projected him for 20 more receptions after the Theo Riddick uh, release. They're bringing back four of five starters on the offensive line, uh, their best four starters on the offensive line. Um, And also, uh, Kivon Johnson, as you mentioned, he was highly productive. He was the number 15 overall running back before he got hurt last year, and that was Uh, despite the fact that they really eased him in. As you mentioned, they were taking uh, some work off his plate with C.J. Anderson, and Theo Riddick was hurting him in the passing game. Theo Riddick had 74 targets last year, so we're pulling that out of the offense. Moving forward with on Johnson, who's going to play in those two-minute drills, on more passing downs, on more third downs, uh, and I absolutely think that he's going to be in the mix mm. on a team that wants to run the ball heavily to be a top-ten fantasy back.
8: Talking with Evan Silva. His website is com. If you play fantasy or gamble, you need to follow him. Uh, all right, Evan, let me move on to another guy. Uh, i got to go to my Jets. Um, Adam Gaze, the new head coach there. When I looked at what Gaze did in Miami, uh, first of all with uh, the kid uh, Drake out of the backfield, and then he loves a good slot receiver. Uh, Jakeem Grant, Amendola when I look at the addition of Jamison Crowder I think people are sleeping on Crowder I I know I like people like Robbie Anderson because him and Darnold had a good connection but no Chris Herndon, the good tight end uh, for the first four games I think Jamison Crowder is going to be a good buy low value at the slot receiver
14: yeah, that's possible. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we get to week six because they do have a, an early season by bi- an early season bye. I believe it's week four. Mm. Um, so Chris Herndon is really out until week six. Oh, um, so I would not be surprised if we get to week six and Jamison Crowder is leading the team in targets. You know, that's not that wouldn't be surprising at all. And because Chris Herndon and Jamison Crowder are kind of playing. Similar areas of the field. Chris Herndon, of course, a tight end who runs most of his pass routes in the middle of the field. Jamison Crowder, a slot receiver who plays primarily in the middle of the field. You know, there's just going to be less competition for targets in that um, in that sector of the field. You know, and uh, you look at the tight ends that they have in reserve. You know, Ryan Griffin, not a difference-making pass catcher. You know, a guy who they just picked up. Uh, right as, as training camp was beginning, Eric Tomlinson, uh, a blocker, and Trevon Wesco, who I think has some long term potential, uh, their fourth round pick, but he was primarily a blocker at West Virginia. So um, I don't think that those guys are going to jump in and you know be like be commanding targets like Chris Herndon would mm.
8: have. Yeah, great point. Uh, all right, Evan, let me let me move on to another slot receiver. Now this guy's a rookie. Uh, when I look again, I like to look at the coaches in their history. Cliff Kingsbury, when he was at Texas Tech, his best offense had a kid by the name of Jakeem Grant who ended up in Miami. Yep. He had a monster year at Texas Tech. I look at the slot receivers in Arizona. The kid Isabella, the rookie from UMass. Um, Is it crazy to think he could be a big factor for Kyler Murray in that offense?
14: Not at all. Not at all. And you mentioned Jakeem Grant. Uh, Kiki QT, also Mm. at Texas Tech, had a really big uh, final season there. uh, And he was primarily playing the slot. Um, You know, in that offense, Cliff Kingsbury likes to get the ball – out of the, his quarterback's hands quickly and get his receivers into run-after-catch scenarios. And, and Andy Isabella, uh, right now running with the second team, uh, but he's playing slot receiver, and running with the second team is not surprising for any rookie. But he opened camp with the second team, running at slot receiver, and so we, we need to you know, find a pathway to get him up onto the first team because right now because they're going to play two slot receivers. I mean, they're, they're running a four-wide offense. They're going to play two slot receivers. Christian Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald opened as the first team slot receivers with Andy Isabella working with the two. So I'll be interested to see. This will be a, kind of like a, a thing to monitor in preseason games especially. Um, will they start moving Larry Fitzgerald outside a little bit more? Mm-hmm. Christian Kirk ran 70% of his routes outside last year, so maybe they'll move him outside and make room for Isabella. But Isabella can fly. Mm-hmm. He runs uh, 4-3-1. And um, yeah, I, I think he's I think he's very much that style of player, that JaKeem Grant QT style of player.
8: Yeah. All right, Evan Silva, run dot com. Evan, uh, give me a team. Uh, w- we looked at worst to first earlier in the show. Almost every year in the NFL, a team goes from worst place to first. Uh, the Bears did it last year. The Texans did it. Anybody jump out at you this year? We touched on the Buccaneers. Maybe the Bengals. Maybe my Jets. Maybe I keep looking uh who's it oh i i gave out the detroit lions earlier but anybody that jump out at for you uh a potential gambling value last place to first place
14: um in terms of a team that can make a really big leap in terms of their win total um you know i do kind of like the lions i would not pick them to finish first in the nfc north but i do kind of like them to beat their win total Mm -hmm. um which i think is right around six or six and a half i mean it's real real low and i think that they're really at worst a seven to eight win team um so that would be a team that i like to beat their win total um baltimore ravens i was surprised that their win total was only at eight and a half i mean this is a team that that beats eight and a half every single season people are down on lamar jackson though Um, you know, he had some rough moments as a passer, as a rookie, but I think he's only going to get better. And he averaged more yards for pass attempts as a rookie than did Andrew Luck as a rookie or Jared Goff or Derek Carr or Sam Darnold. I mean, I do think that the Jets could take a leap. You know, I, I'm kind of on the fence whether or not I think that Adam Gase is a good coach (laughs) at this point. You know, I, I really go back and forth on it, um. Sometimes, you know, one day I wake up and I think he is a good coach. You know, he was so good at winning one-score games in Miami. But then I think, well, you know, maybe he was just catching the positive end of variance and kind of got lucky. But um, I I like the skill position players that they have. You're going to need that that offensive line to play above expectations. They've got enough talent on defense, though. um, I think that they're like a kind of a dangerous team uh, and definitely a team that that can beat their win total, which I believe is –
8: uh, seven and a half. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. Evan Silva, establish the com. Check him out at Twitter at Evan Silva. Evan, have a great day. Thanks a lot for joining us.
14: Thanks Jason so All much. Right.
8: Uh, real smart stuff from Evan Silva. I, you know, I, I didn't have time to jump in. Well, I disagree on the Ravens. They lost basically three of their five best defenders. One of them to my jets, CJ Mosley, but they're the leading sack guy. They're the heart and soul of their locker room, Terrell Suggs, but I, maybe I'm missing something. and And that's the thing. When you're doing this, you know, deep dives into gambling and fantasy and you really want to be successful, I don't just dismiss what he said. We disagree, but it's possible I missed something. Maybe it's a Mark Ingram edition. Maybe it's the new offensive coordinator that they brought in, uh, Roman. He had a lot of success with Colin Kaepernick. So, you take in new information, you redo your research, you look at it again, and you see, okay, I, I missed something. So, I'm going to go back and look at the Ravens. Uh, but coming up next, pivoting quickly to the NBA because I, I got to address what Steve Kerr said.
5: Uh, you know, he's, I,
8: th- I just think he's out of line here. And I'll tell you what I mean next here on Fox Sports Radio.
5: At Farmers Insurance, we know the sound of a perfect hot air balloon landing, and a less than perfect one. Seen it? Covered it. Talk to farmers. We are farmers. Bum,
10: bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. Welcome
8: back, Fox Sports Radio. It's your boy Jason McIntyre. Jeez. Saquon Barkley's gotta be the number one pick in every fantasy draft, right? Zeke's holding out, Gurley's got the arthritic knee. Le'Veon Bell didn't play last year. I, I mean, Saquon Barkley's going to get all the touches now that uh, Golden Tate's got suspended. Um, Sterling Shepard's hurt. Corey Coleman's out for the year. What a, what a, geez, the New York Giants. At least the Jets will carry the flag in New York City. Go further than ever with the Discover It miles card. They automatically match the miles you earn at the end of your first year. So your 35,000 miles could become 70,000. Discover it, Miles. Limitations apply. Discover Match for new card members only. Learn more at discover.com slash travel. Um, Steve Kerr went on a podcast this week. I know we've done a lot of NFL, but I I just got to quickly touch on this because it irked me, and I like Steve Kerr a lot. I'm a big fan of Steve Kerr. He goes on this podcast. He's asked about the Anthony Davis move. And here's here's Steve Kerr talking about how bad it is for the NBA that Anthony Davis demanded a trade.
12: You know, I, to me, that's a different deal. I'm talking more about the Anthony Davis situation, mm-hmm. you know, where a got yeah. perfectly healthy and got uh, a couple years left on his deal, and says, uh, "I want to, I want I want to leave." Yeah. Um, I think that's a real problem um, that that the league has to address. That the players have to be careful with. Uh, to me, when you sign on that dotted line, um, you owe your your effort uh, and your play uh, to, to that team, and to that city, to the fans. And then it's, it's completely your right to leave as a free agent. But uh, if you sign the contract, then you should be bound to that contract.
8: Yeah. Uh, Steve, you played in the NBA. You've now coached in the NBA. I think you were a GM in Phoenix. You know how the league works. This has been happening for decades. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar forced his way out of Milwaukee to get to the Lakers. Charles Barkley was on the Sixers. They couldn't get out of the East. I mean, he couldn't get to the finals, the conference finals. He said, get me the heck out of here. Demanded his way to Phoenix. Paul George just did this. Why are we singling that out with Anthony Davis? You know it's a Rich Paul thing, right, guys? This goes back about a month ago. I was talking about how angry people around the league are at Rich Paul. The guy got himself a Sports Illustrated cover. He's got LeBron. Rich Paul's now a major power player, and I think people are scared. He takes over Anthony Davis, and Anthony Davis instantly demands a trade. But Kyrie Irving demanded a trade. Multiple years left on his contract. Paul George just signed! A year ago, 137 million dollar four year deal. Eleven months later, I want out. Get me out of here. I don't know why you're surprised. How bad this is real problem for the league. What are they gonna? How are they gonna address it? The owners just totally botched it, and we could do. We could go long on this, folks. I'm telling you, the owners thought, "Oh, we'll give everybody an option for a franchise." Uh, a big franchise money, the Supermax deal, to stay with the franchise for a long, long time. And the players will want the long money and the security. Well, guess what? The players don't want that. They want flexibility to go wherever they want or team up with whoever they want. They don't want the money to then be stuck on a team with an inept front office who can't put a championship contender on the court. And so they want out. And I totally understand that. I'm pro-mobility. I'm pro player. I want Dak to get his $30 million. I just am not giving it to him. I'm not if I want to build a winning team. And in the NBA, if I'm a player and my front office, as LeBron had in Cleveland, a front office that was totally inept, couldn't get them to the championship his first time around, he got out, went to Miami. Do better. Steve Kerr and the Warriors are doing great in the front office. Up next, we'll be joined by one of the best football minds in the country talking about advanced stats and the Super Bowl.
2: Do you love Selena?
8: Like, really love?
2: Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano.
3: And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon.
2: We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon.
8: High noon on the East Coast, ladies and gentlemen. 9 a.m. out west, very sunny, bright. It'll be nice and warm for my tennis match. I'm in the quarterfinals. I know you care greatly. Hashtag dad life. Busy Saturday ahead, Iowa Sam. I got a tennis match after this. Tell me about your day. I know you can't wait to hear about it, right? My Saturday in late July. Then I got to coach my son's basketball team if I can make the game. And if I win my tennis match, I have another one in the afternoon. And then bed, bath, and beyond uh, if there's time.
13: What are you doing at Bed Bath & Beyond? I was just throwing that in there. Looking for uh, soaps?
8: No, <laughs> I don't buy soap. I'm a Costco soap guy. I'll get like 40 soaps to last the year. You you like that or no?
13: I love Costco, so I can't argue with the soaps.
8: Yeah. Hey, by the way, Costco's and plums lately have been off the hook. You get like those 12 giant peaches. So good. And I love plums. Summer fruit, so good. Uh, yes, yes. So busy Saturday ahead and then, you know, when the smoke clears from my Saturday playing sports, I will dive back into the NFL. And um, this is not a shameless plug for our next guest. But the place I began to go to last year for stats, um, beyond the obvious, oh, so yards and touchdowns, football outsiders has the most comprehensive stats for the nfl to make you a smarter gambler uh more knowledge about more knowledgeable about football and so i you know i started to um badger our next guest i want him to come on the show as frequently as possible but he's a big star aaron schatz head of football outsiders aaron good morning how are you
6: good morning i'm doing much better than the new york giants
8: Oh yeah, oh, should we we should start with the New York Giants. Uh, it's been a rough morning, rough week really for the Giants. Now you're not a Giants fan, are you, Aaron?
6: No, no, I am I am an admitted Patriots fan. Oh, that's from right. From before from before the Tom Brady era.
8: Yeah, you started to like them when Drew Bledsoe got there, right?
6: <laughs> yeah, I grew up in the town next door, so. Oh wow. I, I have I at least have a good explanation for it.
8: Yes, likely story. Uh so you really don't like the Giants who beat you twice in the Super Bowl. Um Giants will not be headed to the Super Bowl this year, Aaron. Um we talked about worst to first candidates. We can go ahead and cross the Giants off the list, right? Uh
6: were they were they the last place team last year? They were. They was were last in the, the NFC.
8: No, I, yeah, no, Giants they, were. Yeah.
6: Yeah, I mean, you know, now that they're down to the first week of the season, their receivers might be Russell Shepard and uh uh, Cody Latimer and Benny Fowler. Wow,
8: Eli Manning will be the starting quarterback in Week Eight. True or false?
6: Uh, in, I say true.
8: Wow, so Daniel Jones, huh? They're, they are
6: they are really seem to be into the idea that they need to give Eli the year and they need to give Jones the year on the bench. I don't think Jones starts until late in the year because once you start Jones, that's pretty much it for Eli. Eli's career. So, yeah. if they believe in Eli, they've got to let him play for a lot of
8: these. Well, uh, but hold on, Aaron. Last year, Joe Flacco kind of got benched, if you will. Lamar Jackson comes in, leads him to the playoffs. wasn't great, but he did lead him to the playoffs. And now Flacco's the starting quarterback in Denver. So, I mean, but I guess Eli's slightly different now. He is coming off one of the best seasons: uh, completion percentage, uh, quarterback rating, etc. One of his better seasons. And then the argument is, well, it was all dink and dunk to Saquon Barkley, who caught like 90 passes or whatever.
6: Yeah, when you look at the advanced
8: stats, it's not as
6: good as the regular stats are, in part because we, we, we missed, you know, last year had the best overall offensive environment in NFL history, especially for something like completion percentage. So if you look at Eli's completion percentage compared to the rest of the league, Last year is not as impressive as the years when he actually was good, like 2007 to 2010. So we still have him as he was better last year than he was the year before, but we still have him as a below-average quarterback last
8: year. Huh. Interesting. Now, the guy I keep beating up on, we're talking with Aaron Schatz, head of Football Outsiders, is Dak Prescott. According to DVOA, in his rookie year, he was the third-best quarterback in the league, uh, according to DVOA. And then he fell to... I think 14th, and now he was 26th last year. And everybody says Dak is improving. And you know the non-smart guys on Twitter, hey, Dak's just a winner. He's just clutch. And all the advanced stats say otherwise. Aaron, how how do we how do we you know find out what Dak is heading into a big contract year?
6: It's tough because I think Prescott. When you look at the advanced stats and you look at the talent around him you don't think of him in the same breath as Andy Dalton, but he might be the same kind of quarterback as Andy Dalton in that he's a player, a quarterback who is raised by the players around him rather than a quarterback who raises the players around him.
15: Mm. Certainly
6: like Andy Dalton is a player who when Cincinnati, you know, four years ago had basically the best offensive personnel in the league outside of the quarterback position, he was able to be one of the best quarterbacks in the league that year until he got injured late in the year, and then they lost to Pittsburgh in the, in the playoffs yeah. with, with uh, A.J. McCarron, at quarterback. But Dalton was, was fantastic that year. But when you take away Muhammad Tanoon and Marvin Jones and you take away a good offensive line and A.J. Green gets hurt and suddenly Dalton's like 20th in the league. So Prescott may be the same thing. When everybody's healthy and their offensive line is clicking and they've got receivers... He comes out really good last year, especially the first half of the year before they had Amari Cooper,
15: yes. the offensive
6: offensive line did not do what it had done in years past. Missing Travis Travers Frederick, especially he didn't have great receivers to go for, especially tight ends plays pretty poorly. I think he may be the kind of player who's lifted by the players around him. Now, the tough part about that is quarterbacks get paid so much. You have to pay a quarterback like that, or else you end up with like Brock Osweiler type guys as your starters. Oh, so it's it's the the hardest thing to do is to figure out what to pay an average
12: quarterback. Hmm.
8: Okay, we're talking with Aaron Schatz, uh, head of football, Outsiders. You can follow him on Twitter at F-O underscore A-Schatz. Uh, let's move on to my New York Jets because uh, you're a Patriots fan and I love the Jets. Uh, Aaron, am I going overboard thinking that they're a playoff team this year? We've seen some second-year quarterbacks recently, uh, Mahomes, uh, Watson. Uh, these guys take teams to the playoffs in year two. Um I'm bullish on Sam Darnold. The stats didn't love him last year, but in December, you know, after a year, uh, you know, 12 games through the lineup um, and at 21 years old, he showed some pretty good numbers in the month of December.
6: We have them making the playoffs right now in 32% of our simulation. So they're not a playoff team, but they're a playoff contender. We have them with an average of 7.7 wins in our simulations, which I think is better than what most people think, but not as good as what you're expecting. One thing I'll say is that quarterback performance in December doesn't carry over to the next year. Like It's much more predictive to look at how a player performed over the whole year than just in the second half of the year or just in December. We specifically looked at it this year, Hmm. especially in terms of Darnold, Josh Allen, and especially Baker Mayfield. Right, Baker Mayfield was so much better in the second half of the last year. We specifically looked at young quarterbacks. Do they carry it over? And they don't. On the other hand, just in general, second-year quarterbacks, they usually get better. Yeah. Highly drafted second-year quarterbacks, they particularly usually get better. Plus, a lot of talent on that defense. A lot of reason to believe that defense is going to get better. So I think, and they, they have the uh, second easiest, I believe, projected schedule in the league by our numbers. Only the Patriots have an easier schedule, <laughs> primarily because the Patriots play the Jets while the Jets have to play the Patriots. Yeah. So they're probably going to be a better team than people think. I think what the Jets are set up for is not a playoff run. What the Jets are set up for is a playoff run in 2020. They're set up to be the team that we're talking about next offseason, perhaps, Talking about the way we're talking about Cleveland this offseason, we might be talking about the Jets that way next offseason, but I don't think that the playoff run is this
8: year. You mentioned Cleveland, so you just said the Jets make make the playoffs in 32% of your simulations and their average 7.7 wins. What do you have for the Browns on that?
6: Well, we have the Browns lower than most people, so... I mean, the Browns are actually not that much higher than the Jets in our simulations. They make the playoffs in 34% of simulations. Okay. The reason why is that our projections have their defense declining. Part of that is just regression to previous performance because their defense improved significantly last year. Part of that is turnovers. They had a lot of takeaways last year, and that's something that really tends to regress to the mean from year to year. I will tell you subjectively, my personal opinion is that our projections are a little too low on Cleveland. Hmm. They really did add a lot of talent this year. But one of the things about the talent they added is that you're like, you have to say if those guys stay healthy with a lot of guys like Olivier Vernon, right? Vernon doesn't have a history of staying healthy the last couple of
15: years. So you only
6: get the best out of him if he stays healthy for 16 games.
8: Wow. Uh, So not that bullish on the Browns. So give everybody a team that nobody's really expecting to surprise people, be it um, the Jaguars bouncing back. I keep talking about the Detroit Lions on this show. Maybe a Chicago Bears regression. Give me something that you're not seeing out there in the general public and uh, the population.
6: Well, we like the Lions more than most people. We like the Lions to be a playoff contender, that they're... Both their defense and offense, there's a little bit of rebound potential last year. I mean, remember, they were a 9-17 and two years ago. They added a good amount of talent on defense, particularly now that they added Mike Daniels this week. Offense added the two tight ends, Jesse James and TJ Hawkinson. Mm-hmm. So we like Detroit as a playoff contender, and we like Pittsburgh a lot more than conventional does. This is a team that still has a ton of talent. Offensive line has a ton of talent. Pass rush has a ton of talent. The secondary should play better this year. Uh, they lost Antonio Brown. That's a big loss. But you can't think of them as losing Le'Veon Bell. They didn't have yeah, Le'Veon right. Bell last year. Yeah. Huh. So they've, they already lost Le'Veon Bell. That's already reflected in the numbers from last year.
8: Yeah, now I, I like Connor and Samuels, and they have a history of having wide receivers come out of nowhere and really producing. Uh, so so maybe that happens again. I, I would agree with that. So, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, definitely a contender. Go ahead, give it to me, Aaron. Where are your Patriots?
6: We have the Patriots as the number five team in how good they are, but the number three team in average wins in our projections because they have the easiest schedule. But we're projecting a New Orleans Los Angeles Chargers as the most likely Super Bowl
8: matchup. What? Now that's weird because I don't. Top teams. Uh-huh. Okay, talk to me about uh, New Orleans real quick because I I thought there was some regression coming. Drew Brees didn't look incredible in the playoffs. Um, can Kamara stay healthy with no Ingram there? Uh, I, I I don't. I had some questions about the Saints, but you you guys are saying they're one of the top teams.
6: Well, they're a really well-balanced team, first of all, right? They have a top-ten offense and a top-ten defense. There aren't a lot of teams that can say that. Them and the Chargers, basically, have a top-ten offense and a top-ten defense. And then we have Pittsburgh, but they're lower in both offense and defense than the Chargers and Saints. Here's the thing about the Breeze decline last year. Most of that Breeze decline was in a three-game road trip from Week 13 to Week 15. He bounced back with a strong game in Week 16, and he did play well in the playoffs. Yeah, he wasn't throwing a lot of deep balls, but he was very efficient in the playoffs. So we think that the decline last year was more about that road trip than it was about the later part of the season.
8: Interesting. But, I mean, did you think he played particularly well uh, against the Charger? Uh, sorry, Rams in that uh, NFC title game?
6: Well, I mean, when you adjust for, for the quality of the Rams' defense, he he was good. He wasn't great. He wasn't as great as he was in the regular season, but he was good. He had a higher uh, passing DVOA in the playoffs than either Patrick Mahomes or Andrew Luck did in the playoffs.
8: Interesting. Well, I mean, Luck had that really bad clunker where they were playing the Chiefs. It felt like he had house money. They were out of it from the jump. Uh, all right, Aaron Schatz, Football Outsiders. Yeah, one last question, Aaron. Uh, you said you have the Chargers in the Super Bowl. Is, does the Melvin Gordon holdout impact that at all?
6: I really don't think it does. When Oof. you look
8: at all, I mean, a little bit, I mean, yeah. If it, he,
6: he doesn't play for the first game or two, you know, they, that takes something away. But when you look at all the analytics about the value of running backs right now, they've got a great backup running back in Austin Eckler. And they've got one of the best, maybe the best third-string running back in the league, in Justin Jackson. So without Gordon for a couple of games, they should be fine. What really matters for them is that defense and make sure Rivers is good and make sure that the receivers, you know, Mike Williams taking another step forward. And I should point out to people that all of these projections can be found in our new book, which is called Football Outsiders Almanac 2019, which you can get on Amazon or you can buy on PDF on our site, footballoutsiders.com. It's a 515-page preview with chapters on every NFL team and the top 50 college teams, your whole preview for the season.
8: Wow. That's what you should be reading in August. 515 pages, Football Outsiders. You can get the PDF or on Amazon. Aaron Schatz, great stuff. Thank you so much. And, uh, you know, keep doing great stuff, Aaron.
6: Hey, thanks for having me on. We'll talk later in the season.
8: Certainly. Uh, That was Aaron Schatz, Football Outsiders. So I, I noticed here in the studio, Gavin was doing a happy dance when he said the Chargers are most likely headed to the Super Bowl. Now we've heard this song and dance before, um, but I'm surprised. Aaron, Aaron, just dropping knowledge bombs everywhere. Justin Jackson, the best third string running back in the league. Facts. I didn't know he was that good. Wow. We'll have to. We'll get into some of that uh, here after the break. Coming up next, back into football. Coming up next on Fox Sports Radio.
2: Do you love Selena?
8: Like really love.
5: At Farmers Insurance, we know every windshield collision has a unique sound. Beetle. Bird poop. Drone. Seen it? Covered it. Talk to Farmers. We
9: are
10: Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers, truck fire insurance, exchanges, and affiliates. Products not available in every state.
8: Now here's a song I know, Iowa Sam. This is a song I like. This, is a good, this was a good pump-up pregame song. You invite some friends over. Taking some shots. Um... Fabulous clips no. uh, ah! produced by Pharrell
13: and Neptunes.
8: How many of these do I miss? I'm probably like ah. I'm probably like uh, shooting like um, Andre Drummond on three pointers with my guessing music uh, artists. At least you try. Yeah, I'm never gonna stop swinging. So, do you want me to tell you my uh, tennis strategy? We got um, we're gonna talk Clippers here in a couple minutes with uh, L.A. Times national NBA guy. By the way, Steve Hartman up next. Uh, he was just helping me how to pronounce Tua Tungavailoa, not Taga Doesn't sound like it's spelled. Thank you, Steve Hartman. Um, so my tennis strategy for the match, I, I was practicing this week against a guy and this pro that I know, I mean, he's really good. He's a 5.0 player monster. Uh, he says, Jason, here's the strategy. Hit the ball over three times Before you get aggressive in any way, shape, or form. Just three hits. Count them out. Then after that, you can go for winners. Because 80% of the time, somebody screws up in the first three hits. At my level. Right? So, during the match, I was counting. Like, okay, just get it over. One, two, three. And then, I would try to uh, get winners. And eventually, um, the guy I was playing turned into a wall. And I, it was basically two walls going against each other. And this guy who I know was watching and was like, Jason, there were times that felt like wheelchair tennis. Just guys just hitting the ball over, hitting the ball over. I'm telling you, tennis is a great workout. I think I lost like six pounds yesterday playing. And uh, I'm very excited for my match today in the quarterfinals. I'm probably going to lose. So uh, I do want to revisit some of the stuff we just talked about with Aaron Schatz. Earlier we had uh, Joel on. We had Evan Silva there is, uh, folks, um, I think Gavin will agree with me. I, I was early on this Detroit Lions stuff. Well, Everybody seems to like the Lions. And what's weird is they're in a tough division. If you go down the list of quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers, very, very good. Mitch Trubisky, his MVP odds are, like, crazy. I, I don't even understand it. Kirk Cousins, I like a little more than everyone else. And then there's Stafford who has made a ton of money and has never won a playoff game. Yet, I still like the Lions. Now, Gavin, when you hear the football outsiders, most likely Super Bowl is Saints-Chargers. Your thoughts? That was my pick last
7: year. Wow. Um, Almost came to fruition. I think it was, you know. Couple plays go different ways. Yeah, a couple. Uh, I like especially I love that couple Patriots game. <laughs> a in the Patriots game, which
8: was like 38 to seven in a minute.
7: Yeah, we'll disregard that. They'll get popped for cheating this year. It won't even be in it. Oh, so. here we go. Adjust. There we go. But yeah, I mean, look, Rivers, I, I think this is the most talented uh, roster he's ever had. It, it doesn't help that Melvin Gordon is sitting out, but, you know, I, in my opinion, they should just trade and move on with it. Keep that roster together. You need to worry about paying Bosa, Ingram, and Keenan Allen down the road. But yeah, this this season is uh very exciting for Charger fans for
8: sure. Yeah, I I don't know. I'm the Saints. I, I I guess I got to look back at them. Michael Thomas obviously will get his deal sorted out. Um, I just something about Drew Brees. The way that season, he kind of seemed to fade. But I'm I, again, I'm going to look. Uh, Aaron Schatz said that it was really a three game road trip in which he struggled. And I remember I had the the Saints, I think, going into Baltimore and winning, and they lost that game, I'm pretty sure. That one hurt. Uh, yeah, not a great end. I, I just didn't think Drew Brees was incredible. And I, I, and I don't know if I trust Kamara to play a full season. Um, there's obviously talent there. They're going to be a 10-win team, no doubt. Division's going to get better. The Falcons will not be as bad. Uh, the Panthers will be better. I just, I don't know about the Saints in the Super Bowl. I By think, the
7: way, you might have a potential Super Bowl preview this week. Chargers and Saints are practicing together. Uh oh, so there might be some good wow. stuff out of that.
8: Okay, good stuff. Uh, all right, coming up next here on Fox Sports Radio, we're going to go back to the NBA. I'm going to ask a guy who was at the Clippers introductory press conference. I don't think I'm going to ask him about Bob Ballmer. You guys saw the Ballmer video where he gets up there. He's all geeked. You didn't see it? Ballmer gets up on the stage the billionaire owner Mr. Microsoft and he's like yeah! You know flexing clapping you could just feel you get excited I gotta say some of these guys don't have energy Ballmer has tons of energy and if you really want to laugh go look up YouTube Steve Ballmer Bill Gates uh, Microsoft video from like 1989 or whatever it is they are just dancing all nerdy and it's really cool and Ballmer is super likable it's Clippers team they're gonna like their defense is going to make Ballmer like blow a gasket on the sideline. He's going to be so geeked. Um, I do
7: want to correct that practice I just talked about is in August. I, I was seeing a lot of tweets about it this week, so I was seeing, thinking it was coming up. But yeah. well, if it's One in August, uh,
8: August is like four days, right? Three, four days. August 22nd, though. So. Oh, oh, oh. okay. So there is a month. So coming up, we'll talk next to Dan Woke, LA Times, we'll get into the Paul George stuff. I called him a fraud earlier. Just because some of the stuff I'm seeing from Paul George, like, come on, bro. We'll get into that next here on Fox Sports Radio. But first, let's go to Ralph Irvin with the latest in sports.
11: Well, thank you very much, Jason. And there's lots going on at NFL training camps around the country. Lots of moves being made as well. The Detroit Lions have released running back Theo Riddick after six years with the club. They did sign defensive tackle Mike Daniels to a one-year deal in his place. Duke Johnson, he's sitting out practice today with the Cleveland Browns, an apparent hamstring injury. The same going on with the Falcons. Calvin Ridley sitting out. He has... A hamstring as well. And an interesting story with Golden Tate and the New York Giants. He is appealing his four-game suspension for violating the league's substance abuse policy. Well, this, of course, follows Sterling Shepard breaking his thumb. Corey Coleman tearing his ACL that's going to sideline him for the year. But, well, the Golden Tate story is because he was prescribed a fertility treatment. He and his wife trying to have a child. He found out that some of the ingredients are banned substances, so he went to the NFL long before he actually had ever failed a test and said, hey, I this is what happened. And then he failed the test for exactly what he told them he took. So he is going to be appealing that four game suspension. We'll see exactly how that goes. Now we'll be back to Jason in 10 seconds, but first a word from Farmers.
5: At Farmers Insurance, we know a roof can withstand a lot. One exception being an airborne car. Seen it, covered it. Talk to farmers. We
10: are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state.
11: There's always plenty to talk about with the NBA, so let's do it with Jason McIntyre and Dan Wickey. Thank you, Ralph. Fertility treatment,
8: huh? You know, I feel bad a little bit for Golden Tate there. Like I mean, if that's the truth, why should he get four games? And I'm not even a Giants fan, guys. I don't like him at all. But without Golden Tate, without Sterling Shepard, Corey Coleman, their uh, number three receiver, torn ACL, like that is a tough watch. I haven't looked at the lines, but I'm wondering: are three receivers worth half a point to the point spread? Week one, Cowboys Giants could be interesting. I guess uh, we got another six weeks before that that game happens. All right, our next uh, guest—he's been on the show plenty. He covers the Clippers, which. uh i mean he covers a full nba but he knows the clippers well and it's a good time to be in los angeles uh la is now ground zero for the nba uh you could feel it going that way but now you've got what four of the top 10 players on the lakers and clippers it's crazy helping us to make sense of this joining on the show now dan wolke of the la times dan good morning how are you hey jason how's it going uh it's going all right dan um I don't know. This is supposed to be your vacation time, I would assume, right? NBA has slowed down to a screeching yeah. halt, but I don't know. Can you take vacation with the excitement around the Clippers and the Lakers? Now it feels like LeBron puts anything on Instagram, and oh my gosh, you know <laughs> we you know, we need to chase that. Like, how do you handle vacation in the summer and the NBA?
9: Well, it's funny this summer too because I have a 16-day-old a baby boy home too, um, so it's. The juggling of my, my, you know, taking pictures for the Instagram feed, uh, you know, checking LeBron's Instagram, seeing what, what did Kuzma say on Twitter today? What about, the, what's going on with the Clippers? Did they just announce a, a billion-dollar state-of-the-art arena? What, what's next? You know, like, it, it, it is a, um, the NBA has, has always sort of, I think, secretly and not so, so secretly, like, kind of strived for this sort of year-round NFL treatment. Um, where you know a dude sneezes and it, it, can, it can lead Sports Center or whatever. I, I, I think they're getting there. Um, they really are. in, like a summer like this, when you, you know, it, it's funny. I, this probably makes me a bad dad, Jason. But it's like I'll always, I'll always remember the day Chris Paul got traded for Russell Westbrook because it happened like an hour after my son was born. And I still <laughs> saw it on my Twitter. Uh, wow! <laughs> so oh my it, I mean, it was just like I mean, it, it's just been that kind of a summer, right? And um, so I, I think there's a lot of excitement. I know, you, you know, I mean, it's it's not. This is kind of the time to sort of unplug. You'll see a little bit here and there, but even still, like you, you know, you, the things like the Team USA withdrawals and yeah. all that stuff. There, there's still plenty to talk about, and Team USA is going to go play, and if. If they go and, and and for some reason if they lose in, in, in the World cup, um I think that's what it's called now uh, you know if they lose in that tournament, um we'll talk about that too and then uh yeah, maybe um you know what should have been a two month vacation turns into a two
14: week vacation
8: well, Dan Wilkie uh l a times Dan congrats obviously on the uh, the birth of uh, your little kid that's great um uh, bummer about having to chase all this stuff. let me ask you mentioned team USA. Um, yeah. I, I was wrong about Kawhi Leonard. I did not think the Clippers were in play. I thought it would be Lakers. Um, And one of the reasons I thought was, uh, you know, the, Team USA will be in, I believe, Tokyo next summer for the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Um, What is Kawhi's status with that team? I do believe Popovich coaches it. But I thought if Kawhi wanted to grow that brand, which is basically the last thing he needs, given that he's got the titles, the MVPs, and the finals, um, he was going to play in those Olympics next summer. What, what are your thoughts, though, right now about Kawhi and uh, next summer's Olympics?
9: I mean, I think it's a really interesting question for all sorts of players. I mean, I think sort of his calculus has changed um, in the last, and this is just speculation. You know, we haven't really, we haven't, you know, it's hard enough to get Kawhi to talk about yesterday and today <laughs> and tomorrow versus, you know, 2020, 2020 I think. Yeah, 2020. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think, I think, uh, think though, being around him some in Toronto last year and being around him a lot in the playoffs, the sense that I got from Kawhi was that, um, you, you know, last year sort of works for him. Right. And and what, what I mean by that is that it was a a long, slow build to being, you know, super optimized in the playoffs. Um, this was like a, a very well thought out plan, keep the mileage off the tires so that when it's time to really go, you can go. And I think we saw that obviously, you know, ten times over in the postseason. And to me, Kawhi doesn't strike me as someone who would deviate from something that works so clearly. Now, at his opening press conference, he talked about wanting to play more games, and he might play more games. Um, you know, last year he was coming off an injury; he didn't have the same kind of offseason. You know, it's you'll hear players talk about this that there's a really big difference when you when you have to rehab in the summer versus when you can kind of just like work on your game in the summer. Like those are two different things. Yeah. And and he's going to have a work on his game summer, um, which he hasn't had uh, in in a couple of years. So I I think I expect him to be healthier, stronger going into the season. That being said, um, when he kind of floated the idea um, earlier this week that, you know, maybe, you know, the season's 82 games and I want to play the season. (laughs) Um, I I think everybody kind of had that reaction, which was like, you know, if we see you out there 70 times, um, that maybe will be a little bit of a surprise. Yeah. Um, and I think the Clippers will do the same. They'll be really cautious with Paul George as he comes back from his shoulder surgeries. Um, I think that they might even limit Pat Beverly a little bit. Um, you know, this is a playoff. This is a team that is going to be judged by whether or not they win a championship. So a lot of their decisions, I think, have to be made with an eye towards that, um, not so much with an eye towards what to do now. So anyways, to tie all that into the Olympics, um, I wonder if, you know, if this is a Clippers team that plays deep into the playoffs, um, yeah. if Kawhi Leonard is, is somebody who says, you know, do I really want to add another month like the games yeah. to my, you know, I've done it before. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've been a part of the national team. Like, do I really want to do it? Yeah, um, but- and I, and I, and I think that that's an interesting question for a lot of players. You see, guys, I, I mean, it's one thing, right. For Damian Lillard to say, You know, I I don't need this this summer. Um, You know what I mean? Like, I've got other stuff. But when it's guys like Montrez Harrell who are like, (laughs) yeah, I don't know that this is for me, (laughs) that I've got busier things, J.J. Redick saying, well, you know, this is a great honor, but I'd rather move my family to New Orleans and get ready for the season. Like, he's not wrong. None of these guys are wrong. Mm -hmm. But it's just sort of like, you know, maybe I think some of the the redeemed team luster of sort of this uh, this era of the national team might be kind of waning yeah. a little
8: bit. All about the titles, uh, Dan Wilkie, L.A. Times. Dan, let mm-hmm. me ask you, um, it, Paul George, is uh, to me, he's getting a free pass here, okay? Steve Kerr mm-hmm. kind of took a shot at Anthony Davis for demanding out. Paul George has now done that twice in three years. He had a year yeah. left in Indy, said, I'm out, and now in OKC. It's amazing. It's almost as if, it, there's like a LeBron, Rich Paul thing where people are angry about that because sure. so, uh, Jimmy Butler got crucified. He wanted out of Minnesota, okay? He end in Chicago, whatever. Paul George basically demanded a trade twice in three years. Nobody's saying anything. How How is this being glossed over?
9: I mean, I think um, part of it is just a general sense of likability. Ah! Right? Like, <laughs> like, I think that's part of it, right, um, is that you have a guy who, you know, It's like, well, he toiled away in Indiana, and if he wants out, he wants out. And then it's like, well, you know, he went to Oklahoma City, and he spent a year in Oklahoma City, and like he tried his best there in a small market. Good for him. And then he did something else. I, I, I will say this, and, and I don't know this to be true, but one of the things that I heard a lot in my reporting about Kawhi Leonard um, was one of the options that was very much on the table um, for him, it seemed like, was the possibility of signing a long-term deal with Toronto, um, and I'm sorry, I mean, let me clarify here, just in case the aggregators are listening.
15: Oh, they are, they some- are.
9: <laughs> this was something people speculated about in my reporting. This was a common sort of theory, is that one of Kawhi Leonard's options could be is to sign a long-term deal with Toronto, but to do so was sort of the caveat that if I'm not super happy in a year, you'll trade me.
15: <laughs> and, and
9: that this will be something that, it'll be sort of a, a nod and wink kind of agreement. And I'm not saying that Paul George did this Um, with Sam Presti and the Thunder. Uh, But what I am saying is that this is sort of the climate, right? And and I think, um, you know, four-year contract, seven-year contract, one-year contract, um, player mobility is here. Um, And, and yeah, I mean, Paul George has has tried to better his situation. I I mean, he's really, I would say, you know, he's made kind of one really big decision in the last three years, and that was the decision to re-sign in Oklahoma City. He had options. He could have taken meetings with the Lakers if he had wanted. He could have tried to go elsewhere. Um, you know, he elected to stay to try. And one of the things he always said to me about it was he talked about unfinished business, about how he saw what the Thunder gave up for him <laughs> yeah. and how he felt sort of like, you know, I, I, I don't know, obliged maybe to kind of to try again. Um, that being said, though, I was in Oklahoma City um, when they couldn't beat the Blazers in the first round. I was at that series for a couple of games. And the um, I, I didn't think that team would look the same. Um, I didn't know it would look this different. I didn't know Chris Paul would be their point guard. <laughs> the <first> <laughs> I don't think um, anyone did. Yeah, but um, it didn't, you know, it didn't surprise me. And there are always these guys that kind of hit the market late that you're not sure when they hit the, that they're going to hit the market. And Paul George is kind of, you know, one of those superstars. You saw the Clippers kind of poke around a little bit. Um, you know, everybody kind of knew Brad Beal was available, right? Or not available, but like kind of the guy that people had pegged. To say, well, like maybe Washington would trade him. But you know, I mean, like uh the athletic reporter, like the Clippers called on James Hart, you know, and it's and it's you make that call because you just don't know. Um, you know, and after Houston kind of couldn't get over the hump, like you just don't know. And and so that's I think kind of what they did with Paul George. And um obviously he was he was closer and and, and more amendable to moving on because he's pretty comfortable doing that. He's done it a couple times now.
8: Great stuff, Dan Wolke, L.A. Times. Again, Dan, congrats on the uh, the birth of the newborn baby. Thanks, I'm going to go back to
9: sleep, Jason. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say I'm going to go back to sleep until someone else gets straight up.
8: Yeah, try, try to uh, enjoy the rest of your summer, man. All right, take care. Good stuff, Dan Wolke, L.A. Times. Yeah, maybe fraud was a little too strong for Paul George. I'm going to stick with phony for now. So Paul George is a phony. Coming up next here, we will wrap up the show on Fox Sports Radio. Jason McIntyre back after this.
5: At Farmers Insurance, we know the sound of a perfect hot air balloon landing. And a less than perfect one. Seen it? Covered it. Talk to farmers. We
10: are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state.
8: Back here on Fox Sports Radio. Hey, new movie out. We got two guys who have seen it in the studio. I have not. So we'll get to that shortly. It definitely looks good. And and um Gavin also missed last week's talk about the show Euphoria. My gosh. I'm all caught up now, Sam. We'll get to that in a second. Great news. There's a quick and easy way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Only takes 15 minutes to see if you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Go to geico.com and see how much you could save. All right, so Once Upon a Time in Hollywood came out this week. Brad Pitt, Leo DiCaprio. Obviously, the two single guys here saw it. (laughs) <laughs> and I think they saw it because Margot Robbie is in it. I am officially see anything Margot Robbie is in because she is just oof. She's beautiful. Um, let's hear the reviews. Four should we do the four scars the four star scale or five? So, I like five. Okay. Um I'm gonna and first of all, what genre would you call it? Okay.
7: Um I think easily you could just say drama. Drama. Okay. Yep. Catch all. Um, there are plenty of comedic moments in it. Uh, there is some action. One of my number one takeaways from the movie is this is finally a Tarantino film that you can take your mom to. Oh, like, wow! <laughs> it is a uh, you know, not it's not too overly violent. Uh, I and I'll let Sam go and give his review really quick. I have it ranked so he's had nine films, Quentin Tarantino.
8: Tarantino, okay.
7: This is, I believe, his fifth greatest film i put pulp fiction and glorious bastards reservoir dogs kill bill above it but excellent movie especially if you're local to la or, or interested in hollywood plenty of easter eggs interesting so wait a sec his fifth best film that's in my opinion everyone will be different i'm sure steve hartman has seen it how has he only
8: made nine films that's crazy he's that, like one of these like artsy
7: dudes. and he said in the past he will retire after 10 films
13: didn't know that Jason okay. he uh he started making he his first film was Reservoir dogs
8: not a bad start to and that was career.
13: the early 90s so that's a film what every like two and a half years
8: yeah well um can I confess to not loving pulp fiction as much as everyone else um I just I I, I, I gotta see it again maybe I was young uh Inglourious bastards is great never seen kill Bill I'm not the biggest uma Thurman fan I don't know for whatever reason um anyways out of on the four star scale Gavin, you give it a? So,
7: well, I I did a
8: 5 stars. Oh, 5 stars uh, scale. 4 out of 5 is what I'd give. 4 it. out of 5, okay.
13: I would also get you give it give it 4 out of 5. And I would put pulp fiction and probably the kill bill series above Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But I liked it a lot, too.
8: So, uh so there are elements of humor, no violence. The the cast
7: is great. Brad Pitt plays a role that is pretty out there for him, where he's not the most aspirational character he, he's more takes a little bit
8: of a backseat and like um, I, I don't know if a lot of people even know what this movie's about it's like oh Brad Pitt Leonardo DiCaprio old Hollywood like well 70s Hollywood right but it's an
13: interesting so they're taking historical events and they're sort of twisting it so that it's a different ending than how it actually turned out in 1969 In oh 16, okay, yeah and there are uh, some area. events that so they go through quite a bit of the events that oh happened it's not
8: right just the Sharon Tate murder there's a lot of other stuff?
13: Well, if you see it, you will see that things are different. Ah. Very different.
8: Did you, did you take your girlfriend, Sam?
13: Uh, Yeah. Her and I saw it last night. And I'll her Lake thoughts show. were? She liked it a lot. She loved it.
8: Really? Okay. All right. Now, quickly, let's go over to Euphoria because we did a lot of sports. We haven't done any pop culture type stuff. Sam, are you watching Euphoria?
13: No, I've only seen, like, the one or two
8: episodes. Yeah, you you said that last week. I thought you would want to watch it during the week to get in. Nah, you know, there's a lot of stuff to do. Are you afraid? Yeah. Are you afraid? Of Am I afraid it? of watching it? It is a it. strong no. show, man. I just,
13: I just, you know, it wasn't quite my thing when I saw it. Not but. your
8: speed. Drugs, chicks,
13: um... High school dramas, you know. But it's not a high school drama. I mean, it is, but it's much darker and deeper than that.
8: It's very dark. And I think that's what makes it great. It's almost too dark. Like, I nearly bailed after one episode. I was like, I don't know, man. this is. But then I'm like, you know what? This is good. It's not something I normally watch. Uh, It's totally out of my realm of thought. Like, I can't even fathom some of the crap that goes down in that show. Uh, Gavin, are you watching it?
7: I have not seen it. I am in the market for a new show because... Big Little Lies is now over. Yeah, that show's great. Season two, not as great as season well, one. I would agree. Yeah.
8: The ending had a lot of people upset. It's been out for six days now, but it was a little hunky dory.
7: Yeah. Uh but plenty of previews on HBO about Euphoria, so I didn't yeah. know. I mean it's good to hear that w- people are enjoying it.
8: Will season will there be a season three of Pretty Little Lies or Big Little Lies? I, I think they have to, have to the way yeah, they ended it. The way it? they ended it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um what about the intern? Have you, are you watching Euphoria? It looks like a twenty year no. old chap. Yeah. Oh my gosh, he's not watching you for you. Well, I'm sure Hartman is not. He's got a daughter about the age of the show, um, which and I
7: think that was my thing is I didn't know my it even felt kind of young for me. You know, like it it seemed like a high school kind of show. But you're saying it's pretty dark, maybe. Yeah, I think obviously more adult. So
8: yeah, and you know. It's just America can—everybody has their own story, and everybody's kind of messed up in that show, almost on a depressing level. All right, thank you, guys. Great show. Good stuff. Iowa Sam, Gavin, Hartman is up next. Everybody, have a great week.